My cocktail of the week is made up of master classes, bar takeovers, tastings, and overall fun and festivities. Plus, it's served in a city that I love. Confused? I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. Did you guess what's on the table? This week's episode is its own cocktail, whose ingredients come from Venice, Italy, and is called Venice Cocktail Week. From December 13th to 19th last year, Venice was host to a slew of cocktail lovers, distillers, bartenders, and anyone who could shake or stir. So in this episode, I'm taking you with me to Venice to meet a few of those cocktail greats. Up at bat is Bianca Grizzolia, the PR and communication director of the Venice Cocktail Week, who is here to tell us how it all came about. And don't worry, you'll be getting the usual cocktail of the week later. I'm Bianca Grizzolia. I'm the PR and communication manager of Venice Cocktail Week, the first edition last December, from 13 to 19 of December. So here we are. And uh, I'm ready to talk about the cocktail week and everything that happened during the week. All right. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how it even started? It's an interesting story. So Venice Cocktail Week is uh, the daughter, let's say, the little daughter, little sister, baby better, of Florence Cocktail Week. Last year was its uh, sixth edition. And uh, it's already like a big event, Florence Cocktail Week. And uh, we were organizing every year in uh, Florence, of course. So we were doing the last event and uh, Paola Mencarelli, the organizer, was called by Aman Venice. So by the PR of Aman Venice asking why. I mean, Florence is going so well. It's growing. The bar industry also in Florence is, is growing. The bars are, are improving, are getting better, are doing a lot of things. They're attracting also attention from all over the world. So why don't we do the same to, in Venice? So why don't you come to Venice and uh, we organize a cocktail week here since Venice is also an international city. So that's how everything started from a call. Of course, Paola is uh, full of ideas and energy. It was okay. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, Now, you say it's the little sister of Florence Cocktail Week and you mentioned Paola. But why don't you tell me a little bit about Paola and you know, how she even started Florence Cocktail Week and um, and thus Venice Cocktail Week. Yeah, Paola Mancarelli is the organizer. So the, the organizer of Florence Cocktail Week and then Venice Cocktail Week. And of course, she brought us like the entire team with her to, to organize the event and keep the event happening every year. She, like everyone that met Paola, remember Paola because she's uh, full of energy, she's full of ideas, she's very creative. Actually, uh, we have to thank her for uh, the cocktail week happening because she's the one that from zero created everything. Uh, at the beginning with a, with a partner, Lorenzo Negro, the first year, that is the one that had the idea of Venice Cocktail Week. And then Paola, with her connection and her energy, her creativity, managed and make the event happen. So she, she connected with all the sponsors, all the bars, all the guests. And she, she comes from a long years, like long experience in hospitality. She was working 
first like mainly with food, but then she found a passion for cocktails thanks to the Cocktail Week. Uh, we collected all the ideas and we went to Venice practically. We, we met the bartenders, we met the, the industry there. That I have to be honest, I didn't know much before Venice Cocktail Week. So it was very interesting also for me, for Paola, for the entire team to, to get to know the bars in the city uh, and get to know the reality that we, we honestly, like we work in the industry, but we didn't know many bars in Venice. Uh, it was an interesting experience. So that's how, how we started. <laughs> Were you surprised by the Venice cocktail scene? Was it quite different from the Florence cocktail scene? Yes, I was very surprised because, of course, every city has its own uh, culture, its own uh, traditions, and that reflects also on the bars, so the hospitality of the city. So the, the way you welcome the guest, the way you prepare the, the guest to the experience, and the way you deliver the experience as well. So Venice is completely different than Florence. It's very interesting because, in many ways, it was very similar. The city is very international. The city is, is used to have international uh, clients, international tourism. So in this case, in these ways, it's very similar, Venice and Florence. The bar industry is completely, completely different. So they were used to different way to, to do cocktails. And this was very inspiring also in a way to, to work together and, uh, and shape the cocktail week to the city as well. Was the style in which they treated a guest different from Florence? It was a different, uh, yes, it was a different way to, to welcome the guest and the experience, of course, of the place, because many places have a long history behind. In Florence, we have a lot of places with history as well, but a lot of new places. So seeing this way also of uh, managing the, the experience with the guest was very interesting. Venice has so many beautiful hotels, and those hotels have so many great bars. And I would imagine that that is all tied up with how they treat a guest, because usually, I guess, before there were standalone cocktail bars, the only place you could find a cocktail in Venice was in a hotel. So it would be quite different from Florence, which is more of an I guess an active city, there's, there's, it's completely different. I don't really know what I'm saying either. So, <laughs> no, but it's completely, it's completely true because uh, it's true that there, mm, if you see uh, even the list of the bars that participated to the cocktail week, uh, probably 90% of them are hotel. So, buy in hotel. And this is the reality in Venice, like the, the cocktail bar. Venice as uh, a culture, like a drinking culture, is used to other type of bars. So the cocktail bars are very few, very little. They're working very well and they're trying to grow a lot, but they're very few. So like many of the bars are in hotel. And uh, one of the challenges was to open the, the bar to the city and the international guests, but also to the, to the guests of Venice. So that was maybe the, the biggest challenge. And um, it's true, like, it's completely different in that way. Um, in other cities like Florence, it's, uh, it's mostly like cocktail bars. When you were putting together the whole week, did you think of it pretty much the same way that you did Florence, as in master classes and nighttime bartending sessions with invited international guests? Yeah, the concept was the same. So... 
as I said, is the little sister of Florence Cocktail Week. So we wanted to, to keep the same concept. The idea of our cocktail week, because there are many different cocktail weeks in, uh, in the world. We don't own the, <laughs> the cocktail week format, but of course, every cocktail week is different based on the people that are organizing the cocktail week. We started with Florence. It was The idea was to bring the people to the cocktail bar. So every cocktail bar, of course, creates its own uh, cocktail list during the week. And the idea is to push the people in a way to go and try all the bars and get to know the different realities of the city with uh, the cocktail list and trying the cocktail, but also with educational activities during the day, during the afternoon with masterclasses, events, seminars, and uh, during the night with uh, event entertainment like party and, and team event during a night shift with international guests. So that's a little bit like the concept of the cocktail week. And then, of course, every city has to adapt. Something more, some, some less. So, yes, that's, that was the same concept. Yeah, and there were some amazing bartenders that you had that flew over. Alex Katrina was at Il Marcante. We couldn't even get in. It was so mobbed. It was very busy, <laughs> yes. Yes, that was really, really successful. Yeah, it was very busy. And uh, of course, this year was also still a little bit different than usual because of the restrictions that were there. So we had to follow some, like all the normatives. But yeah, there, there were many, many guests. <laughs> yes. And, and also Nico, Nico de Soto yes. was there. So it yes. was quite a, a, a glam bartending, or should we say star tending crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this year, you know, for yeah. the first one. Were there specific cocktails that they had to make for Venice Cocktail Week? Yes, we, we gave each bar uh, like some guidelines. So every cocktail list was made by four cocktails. A signature cocktail and uh, then a winter cocktail. There is a kind of new concept for Italy. Like they had to create a warm cocktail, of course, since uh, it was in December for winter. Then a uh, spritz, so readaptation of the, the spritz that is traditional of the, from, uh, of course, classic. we are in Venice. Yes. All right. Of course, that's a spritz. <laughs> so a twist on spritz. And Riesco Ber Italiano, that is a, is a cocktail, a type of cocktail that we uh, created, let's say, from Florence. Um, the idea of Riesco Ber Italiano is to use uh, small Italian companies. So the brands has to be Italian, small, small companies. It is to, let's say, make, make this company known. They usually like are not so well known. So give them the opportunity to be in an international reality and uh, make also the bartender and the company connect together. Yes, I met a lot of people there. Um, uh, so Ginarte and the um, Gin uh, Suspire, Suspiri. Suspiri, yes. Yes, that is, that is made from Samphire in Venice. Um, yeah, there were there were tons of really wonderful producers there of small spirits, as well as, of course, the selects and the aperols and all those that we really know from Venice. So tell me a little bit about some of the events. Uh, um, yes. So, of course, like the, the week was full. The calendar was full of events. Uh, we had so many events during the evening, during the night, during the day as well. So with international guests and uh, a local guests. And I have to say that the entire calendar was very interesting. For the since it was the first edition, we were surprised and very happy that so many brands were sponsoring, so many brands were happy to organize events and were happy to bring also guests from uh, from all over. 
So we are very happy about the results and all uh, all the events. So what were a few of the highlights of the week? Yeah, so we cannot not talk about the opening party at Amman Venice. The, of course, since Amman also is the reason why, <laughs> it's their fault why we, we were in Venice and we did Venice Cocktail Week. And they welcomed us. Like the the party was really really good. That was that was definitely one of my highlights. And Antonio, you know, give a shout out to Antonio and his wonderful cocktails there. He's yes. a great head bartender. It yes. makes everyone feel at home. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. That what you can say that. that of course, it's a luxury hotel, but it makes you feel like home and very welcome. And that's that's mm-hmm. a plus for sure. And then the event of Walter Bolsonella, that is one of the bartenders that made the history in, uh, of bartending in Venice, that presented his cocktail at Cafe Quadri. I know, two classics. Not only do we have Walter from the Cipriani, you know, such an incredible hotel, but also to have it at Quadri, one of the oldest. Yeah, he was, uh, he was guest at Quadri for that occasion. and It's so beautiful there, and it couldn't be more Venetian. So what is the future of Cocktail Week, Venice Cocktail Week? That's a, that's a big question. Yes, something is going to happen, for sure. Uh, we are still defining the details. I think like in 2022, it's going to be a little bit different. So we have plans and we have ideas of doing other events with both uh, Florence Cocktail Week and Venice Cocktail Week. Uh, it's going to be interesting, a very interesting calendar. I cannot say anything like more right now because we are still defining all the details. But of course, as soon as everything is defined and we have the calendar of the events, I will share it and I will be happy to talk about it. Fantastic. I can't wait to come back, as you know, <laughs> <laughs> because you've mixed one of my favorite cities in the world with cocktails. And so I don't think there's anything better than that. Thank you so much for taking the time and I will see you in Venice. Yes, of course. Or somewhere else. We don't know. (laughs) We hope so. (laughs) But thank you. If you love cocktails and haven't heard of the Experimental Cocktail Club, then time to do your research. It changed everything for cocktails in Paris and then went on to conquer the world. It's now taken on Venice, and Lorenzo de Cola and Guillaume Pinot are holding the reins at the Experimental Cocktail Club at the Hotel Palazzo Experimental. Here they are to tell us what they were up to for Venice Cocktail Week. Guillaume starts us off. Okay. So today we are at the Palazzo Experimental uh, on the Zatere uh, in Venice. Uh, it's a hotel that opened uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, it was uh, one of the latest opening of the experimental group, which uh, was born 12 years ago in Paris and expanded then in London and in several outposts in Europe. And uh, so it's an hotel that's been built around its uh, restaurant and cocktail bar. Uh, really, like they're open to public, they're open on the waterfront, so it's very important for the life of the hotel uh, to have these two places. And the identity of our group is always to, to push forward these two components, food and drinks, and always with a pretty young team, usually quite international as well. So myself, I'm French, and I've been with the company for six years. I started with them in Paris and transferred to Venice because I was very excited to follow a project in Italy, while uh, Lorenzo, which is with me, uh, can present himself. Yeah, I'm Lorenzo. I 
the bar manager of the Experimental Cote Club Venice. I worked for the company for three years and it's a big challenge for me because Venice is a wonderful city but it's a, a little bit old in the style of mixology and we try in line of the company to create a new wave of cocktails. Uh, in this case our signature cocktail is melting pot it's like a mix of classic cocktail and the new wave cocktail. We put inside some product from the from our territory, then a vermouth from Venice, a bitter from Veneto. But we use a Amaretto Adriatico, not a classic one, but this is from the Puglia, but the owner is from French, and this is our philosophy. We put different ingredients from all the parts of the world, like our cordials, because it's based with olive brine, we put demerara sugar, and inside a little touch of tea lapsang, this is smoky tea, and we mix it all, we create, a, like Venice, a balance from different things that work very well together. I think this drink is it's not a strong cocktail, it's like a low OBV drink because we are to create something like aperitif cocktails but it's like a after dinner because it's very very intense of flavor and this is our drinks for you. The idea was uh, indeed to have this blend of flavors both from the territory but Venice has always been open to foreign influence, has been always a commercial power and so coming from the territory and expanding toward Lapsang tea, we're in Asia and France are two other poles uh, of the drink because also uh, Palazzo Experimental, uh, the Palazzo was uh, before the headquarter of a company called Adriatica, which was a very famous Venetian company of uh, naval sh shipment. And we kept the name Adriatica for the restaurant and we kept the idea of like uh, having this influence both for the food and the drink of all the Adriatic coast because Venice was really like a maritime power so melting pot I think reflects very well the idea of both the drink and what we do uh, more generally as a, as a concept. Fabulous. Don't know where to start with Amaro's? Then the big book of Amaro's is for you. Its author, Matteo Zed, was on hand after his master class to give me a quick lesson on these potable bitters. So my name is Matteo Zed. I'm actually the founder of The Court in Rome, and I'm here in Venice to share my knowledge about Amaro. Uh, about, so Amaro is uh, the, the object of my book, the big uh, book of Amaro, and uh, I'm here trying to to give this kind of passion uh, to the Italian bartender as well. So making cocktail with Amaro, using Amaro in the mix, also knowing the Amaro in the right way. So from the production to the use. For someone who's just starting with Amari, mm -hmm. Amaros, um, what would you suggest for someone who's never really tried them and, and how to use it? Okay, so uh, are you meaning uh, using the cocktail mix? Yeah, yeah okay. if they're starting Yo, now, never used an Amaro before. Yeah, now the Amaro production is so creative, so especially because any producer don't have any kind of limit to use the, 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 the herbs and the botanical in an Amaro production. So what does it mean? That you can make any taste or flavor you decide to do. There is no limit about that. So Amaro now is the perfect substitute about liquors. So for example, we have Amaro with a lot of different flavors, as I told you. The majority like citrusy or herbal or... Um, 
fruity flowers uh, whatever and you can make uh, you can use the amaro before you have to try to understand what kind of amaro you, you need to make your cocktail and then you can use the right one to give the complexity to the cocktail the complexity you decide to have I think the amaro is the perfect ingredient to make a complex cocktail also cool cocktail something different from the normality uh, the citrusy one is perfect because you can use that to substitute a classic orange uh, curacao or like uh, or any kind uh, so it's, uh, if you want to give them um, a different kind of citrusy flavor for example we have amaro with bergamot we have amaro with orange with lemon with uh, ma- uh, tangerine so any kind of citrus has normally a, an amaro uh, behind and that's a very good if you want to change your uh, the kind of citrus uh, essence of your cocktail that's that's very good you can use an amaro of course uh-huh. fabulous well thank you so much i'm looking forward to reading your book or looking for it Il Caravolino, located in the Hotel Saturnia and International, has always had a presence in Venice for as long as I can remember. Finally, I had the chance to sit down with its owner, Johnny Sarandre, and bartender, Ogil German, to discover its history and its Venice Cocktail Week list. My name is Gianni Serandrei. We are inside the Hotel Saturnia International in the historical center of Venice, nearby San Square. And my great-grandparents uh, opened the Saturnia in 1908, so 14 years ago. And then my grandparent, Renzo, he opened the Caravella restaurant and the Chiros Bar. The Chiros Bar was opened until uh, 1963, and then we had uh, to change... Uh, the name of Chiros Bar, and it was very, very, very fashion in that period, but we had to change the name in Caravella. And uh, since since 63, the, the, the bar is the Caravella Bar. And then a few years ago, I decided to change again because the Caravella was more the restaurant, and I would like that the bar had... Uh, his own uh, identity, as so we called, I called the bar Caravellino. So the Caravellino bar now is the, this, is the same stuff uh, till probably six or seven years. The Fabrizio is the first uh, bartender, and then Olga, and then all the rest of the, of the stuff. They are really great. They do good job, really good job. And do you see during those six, seven years that people are drinking different things from the beginning to now? Maybe, maybe, but it looks like the, the classic drinks, they are still the, 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 really the base of, of, of our job. Uh-huh. The spritz is the king, but they, they put the passion fruit in to get a smoother uh, taste and it was very well uh, it's very very in, in the summertime especially it's so great but I, I, I drink it in winter too I love it and I love what you do is that you mix both Aperol and Campari I love Amaro so I love bitter so it's a little bit more zingy a little bit more bitter than the normal Aperol spritz so it's something completely different I, I think so it's oh. a compromise in between bitter and sweet and then there's the passion fruit too. So they, they, I, I think they really found a great, a great uh, recipe. 
So, I'm Olga German, and in Caravellino Bar, I make a second barman, bartender, and we make a classic cocktail. The specialty is a spritz Caravellino with passion fruit liqueur, fresh, and Aperol, Campari, and Prosecco, local one, local wine, okay, and soda is our specialty from Caravellino Bar. And another cocktail we make uh, for um, cocktail week uh, is bitter, uh, sweet, and mandarin symphony with uh, fresh mandarin, bitter uh, Campari, and uh, some bitter bergamotto, and uh, vermouth. Uh, is an old-fashioned style cocktail, and we make another cocktail sweet tiramisu. Uh, tiramisu martini with uh, tiramisu liqueur. This is a first liqueur in Italy, classified, okay, in Italy. And uh, another one, we make a hot cocktail with uh, chocolate and pepper and uh, vodka. And uh, I make a homemade um, cream with cocoa and white chocolate. It sounds delicious. It is very good. Very good. <laughs> I could only chat with Marco Vian of Gin Suspiri for two minutes, if that. But he's created the first gin using botanicals from San Erasmo Island. I'll let him tell you, even if very briefly. Oh, and FYI, when he says Iceland, he means island. Okay, my name is Marco Vian. I'm a bartender and I come back to Barcelona in Venice, my, my city, for make uh, my, my dream. Uh, we, we want to produce uh, distilled from this city, from this island. Uh, I chose a little island near the Venice. The name is Santerasmo. Nobody knows Santerasmo, but it's very special for the Venetian guys because it's like a orto from the Ven- for, for the Venetian. So, so you mean like a vegetable garden? Yeah, vegetable garden. <laughs> Thanks. I searched the old botanical from this island. The, the special one is salicornia. It's like asparagus of sea. Sea asparagus. Okay? And this asparagus is very salty. And my gin have this particular flavor and a very, very soul. Well, like a sea of Venice, you know? And when did you start making your gin? I started two years ago because I want to plant all my botanical in this uh, Iceland. And uh, it's already uh, in these years, in this summer, I start with, uh, do you say, sell my gin in July, July of this summer. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. I was able to sit down with Francesco Bargellini to hear all about Ginarte Gin from Tuscany. Definitely one of the coolest bottles behind the bar, especially if you like Frida Kahlo. My name is Francesco Bargellini. I'm, the, I'm in charge of marketing and sales of Ginarte uh, Premium Gin, Dry Gin. Ginarte is a, is a Tuscan gin. Uh, we have been in the market for a couple of years. Uh, we are here participating at the first edition of the Venice uh, Cocktail Week. Uh, Ginarte is, is a very young project. When we started, we wanted to make a dry gin, 
not flavored one and very balanced and very suitable for the great classics of Bissellogist. First of all, martini cocktail, of which we are unfortunately very, very, very obsessed by. And then, you know, we, we needed a, a source of inspiration and we looked for uh, art. Art was a very, you know, easy solution, easy option because uh, of our Florentine origins and because of the fact that they, art will communicate uh, the image of, of an Italian brand, very connected to the territory. Our gin is uh, particular because it's different. It's different in the design of the bottle that is uh, intentionally squared, so different to the most of the brands that are on the market. It's a, a unique bottle because we personalize and customize the side label of the, of the bottle, inspired by the different artists, or uh, like the one is in the market, we dedicated to Frida Kahlo. We made a deal with the international agency, international company, American company that have the deal, have the rights of Frida Kahlo. And so we are the officially the, the, the gene of Frida Kahlo. And then, you know, we managed to bring the art inside the distilled liquid because we selected six botanics that were originally born to art because they were used by artists, artists in the Middle Age and Renaissance uh, as a you know, natural pigments. So we have six, six botanics, six herbs that are not so remote, so not so rare. They were used like by Piero della Francesca or famous artists, like the blue or green or yellow, and that they were very basic, but used as a powder, as a natural pigment for the artistic work of arts. So in Venice, we, we have a national distribution of course, uh, you know, Paola Mencarelli, that is the creator of Venice Cocktail Weeks, is the founder of the Florence Cocktail Weeks. She's a very talented, she has a great vision, and we are following her. Uh, tonight we are in Hotel Orologio. We have a beautiful uh, event hosted by Benjamin Cavagna from uh, uh, 1930. Is the actually recently awarded like uh, the 20th uh, best bar in the world in Milan. So Benjamin is a very talented uh, bartender and bar manager and is uh, actually producing a cocktail list with our gin and we are very honored to have him as our ambassador tonight for the Venice Cocktail Week. You know, is the after drink Kong T30 is the best Italian bar in the world. So according to the, the recent uh, 50 best list and uh, words so it's it's very it's very encouraging it's very it's very it's an honor for us fabulous thank you thank you very much the last of the distillers i met was enrico chiocioli altadonna of wine stillery if you haven't guessed by the name it's a winery and distillery mixed we grabbed a few minutes at one of my favorite bars in venice Time Social Bar in Canareggio. So basically, I'm the co-founder and master distiller of Wine Stillery, which is the first and still the only craft distiller in the Canto Classico region. I opened Wine Stillery, it was in 2019, during the Florence Cocktail Week. So I'm here to follow up also the first Venice Cocktail Week, thanks to Paolo that discovered me. And Wine Stillery is a 
I would say, melt between a winery and a distillery. In fact, we are Chianti Classio wine producer. And in 2019, we opened the first distillery in the Chianti Classio. The idea to open up a distillery happened after a, a trip in the US, in New York. I spent like three months there in 2014, together with uh, the woman that became my wife. And I decided to quit the law stuff because I'm a lawyer because I fell in love with this distillation at the Kings County Distillery in Brooklyn area. So today I distill gin, vodka, and produce vermouth and bitter, starting from wine. So it's a wine alcohol distilled to change the idea of the terroir in a, such a historical and traditional terroir that is the Chianti Classic. We are a sponsor of the Venice Cocktail Week. In fact, so today I'm just enjoying the vibes of the Venice Cocktail Week, drinking super nice cocktail in the, the Venice uh, cocktail scene. So now we are in fact in time, uh, and the first cocktail we are having is my big mistake, which is produced with our red vermouth, which is produced by 100% uh, Sangiovese wine and 19 botanical, zero caramel, it's 100% natural product. Three Tuscan rooted product. Sounds delicious, let's yeah. go have one. I hope so. <laughs> Last but not least today is Anthony Poncier, founder of the Top 500 Bars, who not only escorted me to my hotel from the airport, but gave a super interesting masterclass on how and why they created this ranking of bars worldwide. So I'm uh, Anthony Poncier. I'm the founder of Top 500 Bars, which makes my knowledge about digital data algorithm and my passion. There was a side project which exists for the last eight years with my partner Mel Harvey, who is in, um, in London. She managed as well the Cocktail Connoisseur. So it was a social media ecosystem about bartenders, cocktail, where we interview people. So the idea was to mix that together and do this knowledge and this passion to do this ranking because many bartenders saying that we need more bars on the map of the world of the cocktail scene and say okay let's try to answer to um, to this issue and I'm here to Venice Cocktail Week because in a way that's that's the same idea when uh, people from Florence Cocktail Week start, the idea was to put Florence on the cocktail map globally. And I can see I've spent time with them for years. There is more and more bar well-known in my own ranking than in over-ranking. And you can see it works. They just need people to grow. You need to advertise. So that's why there is people like you here to show that there is a strong scene somewhere. And they have decided this year to do the same in Venice, try to put Venice on the cocktail map, like Florence, like Rome, like Milan, because uh, we are very close, but I think it's a good idea. It's the same mindset, try to highlight the hard work of this industry. I'm here to, uh, to support because I think we are all you, me, them, lovers of the industry and in a different way. Each one, we try to push to uh, highlight their hard work to everyone. So we all do the same stuff, giving love in the end, like you do with uh, this podcast. I have to thank everyone who arranged that I could enjoy Venice Cocktail Week.
Paula, Bianca, Harvey. It was fantastic to meet everyone and be introduced to so much of Venice I didn't know before. Isn't everyone thirsty after that? It's Spritz O'Clock where I am. And that brings us right to our Cocktail of the Week. How could I not have a spritz as my Cocktail of the Week? This time, it's the Select Spritz. Select is slightly more bitter than Aperol and slightly less bitter than Campari and quintessentially Venetian. Don't miss having it in Venice or making one at home. It's super easy. Just fill a wine glass with ice, pour two ounces of Select Aperitivo into the glass, then add three ounces of Prosecco, and then a splash of soda. Stir gently, and then garnish with a green olive. Truly Venetian. You'll find this recipe, more Venetian cocktail recipes, and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com where you'll find all the ingredients in our shop. Yes, I've been to Venice every month since November and never get sick of it. This time, I'm bringing my mother back with me. It was my father's favorite city, and this is the first time we're going together since his death. Not easy, full of memories. So if you live for Lush Life, make sure you head out to the bars and restaurants you love and tell them how much you love them. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leaves me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Next week, we're back in Venice again to drink a work of art. Until that time, bottoms up.